Good evening, brothers and sisters. God bless you all. We're extremely excited to be spending this time with you and to know we are all here with so much excitement, with so much love for the Lord. Glory to God. You may take your seats, please. I would like to share with you two testimonies. The first one has to do with a sister of the church who they were saying a few days ago was saying that the Lord saved her life. She was riding her motorcycle and she said that she lost control of the bike and she fell. And at that moment, there was a, via, a bus that uh, was coming by and public bus and she said there's nothing to do for me here because she said it's going to ran me over and that that vehicle is gonna go on top of me and it was so incredible what she says that she said she said that she felt that her body her body was moved and the vehicle passed and she was right next to it on on the one side one side of the road completely unscathed without there being any uh, harm and she would look elsewhere everywhere to see what had happened to see what who had rescued her who had rescued her and she didn't see anyone uh, around her so this sister when she testified was very touched thinking about all the promises God has made to her about protecting her life and about the existence of a true God who was there with, with invisible hands but were but hands that were real to save her life glory to the Lord and also another testimony of a child they were who was telling us that he started to become ill he's 12 years old and he started to develop in his chest on his chest bumps that were rather unpleasing and were causing him pain but that child who was so dedicated to God who was so constant in the, in the, in the, to the live streams who paid so much attention to the prayers from our sister Maria Luisa called on to God to, for him to heal him and basically they had everything set to for him to undergo to a, a quite complex surgery but he this child said that he had a dream not long ago, wherein he was in the hospital in a uh, operating room, and that they called the head surgeon, the the most experienced surgeon, to perform this procedure, this their surgical procedure. And when that moment occurred, he was sort of awake in a twilight sleep and he saw that it was Sister Mary Luisa. So he was very excited and he said that there was never a, in the dream, there was never need any need for him to receive uh, either painkillers or any kind of medication to, you know, for pain. And ultimately he saw how the surgeon with great skills performed this surgery and the next day he woke up without anesthesia, without any pain in his body, and without any lumps in his body. And today he's completely healed. Glory to the name of the Lord. These testimonies are truly things that excites us because likewise today, this is how God teaches us the value our sister Mary Luisa has and how God allows these situations in people so that they may value the calling our, our Lord made to our sister Mary Louise, a worldwide spiritual leader of the church. How great is our Lord. Glory to God. We are excited with these testimonies that we've heard endless testimonies. But these te this testimony in particular reminds us to so many others in which our Lord has proven his endless power. And we rejoice for we know that this is the way in which he is proving to us that he is by our side because God proves to us as a brother said a few days ago I would start to listen to the testimonies I was paying attention pretty much every day to to hear to listen to every testimony that comes on the website and it is I'm very excited but a few days ago I said Lord I I want you to do 
in my life wonders just as I hear so many great things I also want to live them and this brother was saying that money came up in his bank account and that no one had his bank account but the money appeared afterward he received payment for uh, a, a bill rather for a utility power bill um, water bill and it was really a really high bill and that again he prayed and he said that when he was about to pray the, the bill had already been paid so he was saying so excitedly that it wasn't just it only took praying and saying to the Lord, I want you, Lord, to prove to me just as you do with other brothers and sisters that you hear them and they all share their testimonies and they're so happy and they say that you have been with them. I also want, I also desire that you manifest yourself and give me spiritual experiences. And it wasn't, it, it only took that, him saying that for, so that in a, in a week's time this happens and he says, God exists, God lives, God is real. Everything that we hear in the church is truth and so on. And this is how our God convinces us all, how he manifests himself. And the way also that you can pray to the Lord for him to help you and so that God may allow you to see his manifestation every day. It, it takes only opening your heart, having that desire, having that hope, valuing, and the Lord will be with you all, with each of you who need him so much and he will visit you to fill your lives with blessings. Blessed is the name of our God. Glory to God. Praises to the Creator. The name of the Lord lives. How great is our God. Let us rise. We are going to read in our Bibles. Let us read in the epistle of James. In the New Testament, we are going to read chapter number 4. Verse 2. James 4, verse 2. We are going to read to exalt and honor and glorify the name of the Lord. We greet all those of you who are joining us in, in this live stream, not only here in Colombia, but also in various countries where you are together with us, whether live or watching it, watching the recording of it. But everyone on our YouTube channel of the church, you are tuning in to, when joining us in these, to these live streams. So we say hello with all our affection and uh, a big hug to you all. And we feel happy that you are with us, that you are with us enjoying this manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives through the gift of prophecy, his power. And that today we are going to teach about another sin so that we may ask God to cleanse us and to deliver us and so that we may identify it. Every time it, a little spark may come out of covetousness, a little spark of greed, immediately we may detect it. Just as we have been teaching about gossip, just as we've been teaching about greed, um, uh, envy rather, today we are going to teach about covetousness and greed. And to that end, initially we are going to read here in, these, in this epistle, chapter number 4, verse number 2, to exalt the name of the Lord. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. You may take your seats, brothers and sisters, and all those of you, or everyone who is joining this live stream, we say hello again with great affection. And indeed, this passage of this epistle from the Apostle James, in which he teaches about covetousness, because the title of the sermon is Covetousness and Greed. He was specifically referring to covetousness when he said, you murder and covet. And indeed, greed, covetousness and greed, these are very two similar concepts. They are, both of them in, entail an intense desire. Imagine that, an intense desire and vehement desire to acquire riches, to acquire 
power and to acquire fame. It's just that greed is a broader concept and covetousness is a particular or specific concept. And also, both of them refer to things that are things difficult to attain. When people do not have something, but they have a great desire to get something that it's difficult to get, difficult to attain. For example, to travel around the world, that's difficult because it's very expensive, but then the person says, I want to travel around the world, and, and perhaps this person, it becomes an infatuation or it becomes a, a selfish ambition or greed, but it is something that it's difficult to attain. Or having a home, a house with a certain size, expensive, and that he can't buy it. Or going to study at a very, very, very expensive school where he doesn't have money to pay. So that's greed or selfish ambition. Or things that are out of hand. For instance, having a car of a certain expensive brand or some, there are some who say to have many, they want many properties, many luxurious properties, or even a boat or, or a yacht. There are people who have that in their mind, but truly that's unattainable to them. And if they were to attain it, they wouldn't have how to support it. That's the other problem, because yes, you may start to ask God for many things, but then when, what if God gives them to you, and then afterward you won't have the uh, the you won't have the money the means to support an expensive home you won't be you don't have the means to stay at a very expensive college because how are you going to pay for your food where are you going to live because revolving around the, the that greed there are many other factors that are not realistic and are just illusions because you truly have that you don't really have to attain that and so you end up or not to feel, not to be content, not to be happy with what you have, but rather you are always looking at what you don't have. And when you are not only looking at what you don't have and you want more, you want to have and you want to have and have more, because it is almost like insatiable, because that is greed, then you start to look at other people. When Then when you start to look at other people, what do other people have? What that they have a home and they have a car and they work at a certain company and they have a certain job and they perform certain tasks, whatever it may be. Wherever you start to look at your neighbor and you start to look at what he has and you start to desire what that person has, that is called not greed but covetousness. As we can see, they are very similar. Greed is, generally speaking, is uh, wanting many things. I'm not going to go, I'm going to go to the most expensive school. That's a, a greed. It may be a dream too, but if you have how to pay for it and afford it. Otherwise, if you don't have that, why should? Why would you? Really, why would you have that greed in you? Ultimately, you can go to any college, wherever God will provide for you according to your possibilities and be a great student. And then you study yourself on your own time. Um... And you are disciplined and you learn, even if you it is not the greatest college, but it doesn't matter. Ultimately, it, it, it all that matters is God's blessing and what you do with it as a student or as a person. So that's greed when you don't have a way to afford it, how to attain it. And uh, many times, because of thinking and attaining these things, then you never receive them. Because here it states, for example, you lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain. Because these are things that are unattainable. And, or they ask these things for, uh, to God and they ask God for, for the lottery. That's greed. But there are also people who are greedy whenever, for instance, they are envious of someone who has a business that is thriving and they say to God, God, give me a lottery, the lottery, so that I, well, it could be either to lead a life of, of uh, overly ambition and delight my flesh or to 
put a business similar to the one this person has that you already saw and that you already felt envious of and with your envy and greed and, and covetousness you want to compete because you are looking at other at another person therefore all of these things will destroy your spiritual life and the same thing you will destroy the spiritual lives of others you will be a good bad, bad testimony and if, if there's there are those feelings in you. God will not be able to give you responsibilities within the church. And if in you who have spiritual gifts or you hold any responsibility in the church, there is a little spark of greed or covetousness, the Lord will then remove his support and you will lose all your blessings. Because when the church of the Lord began in 1972 with the first prophecy that our sister Maria Luisa gave, the Holy Spirit said that... There could be no materialism, that there was a great deal of materialism around, which is committing all these sins. And when you com people commit all these sins, and the devil manifests himself. And the Holy Spirit also spoke about selfish ambition and greed. And the Holy Spirit spoke about uh, the fact that people have a gre greed for money, that they corrupt their hearts and that they are not happy or grateful with what God gives them or satisfied or happy or joyful with the blessings they receive and that is what the Holy Spirit spoke that for a long time throughout the history of humankind greed has gone in in and that greed is materialism and materialism has made God go away from these people and he does not support them and he takes away the spiritual gifts from them or the manifestation spiritual manifestation God has intended to give but because of that materialism which is greed and covetousness then the Lord has departed therefore we must remember also that prophecy that is in the book experiences where the entire history of the church is narrated how the first prophecies took place how the holy spirit began to manifest himself and this was a topic that the holy spirit alluded to and this was an, an aspect the holy spirit highlighted so that we flee and we are careful with this also let us read in exodus regarding covetousness we were saying that it has to do with that desire not generally speaking, but now a specific desire to have what the neighbor has. And in Exodus chapter number 20, verse number 17, the, the Bible states, Exodus 20, verse 17, concerning covetousness the word that is used is you shall not covet it's very clear because it is referring to the neighbor covetousness or greed rather covetousness is when you desire to have what your neighbor has whether a house raging from back then it was animals they have or their servants even their own wife and so this is very serious and all of this are things we must record in our hearts and be careful not to covet or desiring to have what our neighbor has. That's why it states, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, because back then they had servants, they had slavery. Today, this no longer exists, but at the time, there were also people who even coveted their servants. Nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. And when it says, nor anything that is your neighbor's, it is absolutely general. And so, everything that has to do with our neighbor, that we start to covet and desire to have it, that is a sin in the sight of the Lord, called covetousness. We are going to read also in Isaiah chapter 14 where the Bible teaches us the way the wicked one who was an angel, who was a, a, a cherubim, an angel created by the Lord, a, a protector cherubim that was in the midst of Eden even before human beings were created 
and he rebelled against God. Why did he do this? Because he was envious of God, and, and in addition, he was also very covetous. Why? Why did he covet? We say covetous because covetousness has to do with someone else, and his covetousness was the wicked one, the devil, against God, because he desire to have what God had. He desired to be in the heights God was seated at. He desired to have the throne God had. Imagine that, covetous, covetousness. Because for there to be covetousness, it must refer to another person, to another one. And in this case, it was concerning God. When there is not another person, in another person between two people, then that's called greed. When you, when that feeling and that desire of one person is correlated to something in general, it's called greed. When it is geared towards someone, it, uh, that is covetousness, and he coveted the high and sublime place where the eternal, everlasting God was seated, and he desired to be there, to see, for people to see him. He desired that, what God had. It is in Isaiah 14, we are going to read chapter number 12. It states, verse number 12, Isaiah 14, how you are falling from heaven. It, it, how you are falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Imagine that, the name he had. That was Satan's name. How are you cut down to the ground? Meaning God casted him, casted him out from that beautiful place. You weakened the nations. You who said in your heart, for you have said in your heart, look at what he thought. It didn't utter it, but he had that desire to have that position that God had, of having the place God had. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. We're reading verse 13. Above the stars of God, I will also sit on the mound, the congregation, almost going up, matching God, wanting to have the same thing God had which is what we are teaching, that God gives us blessings, different blessings to each of us, and we should never desire what another person has because that's called covetousness. Rather, we should be happy with the blessings that our brothers and sisters receive, and we should be happy, but never, we should never say, I would also like to have that, or I would also like to do that. No, but whatever God wants to give us, or, or however God decides, to give us a spiritual gift. We should be happy with what God gives us. We should be happy and happy for what our brothers receive and sisters receive and also people in general. Our bosses, at, our, at, at your company, your family member, God has blessed financially and he bought a, a big house. Wonderful, what a great blessing. I'm so happy, but never say, oh, I also want a big house. No, we should never let or either a big house or, you know, a beautiful property, a vacation home, for instance. We should never covet that or allow, allow our heart to have that desire of wanting what the other person has. And so this is what happened to the wicked one. He said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will sit on the mountain of a congregation, on the farthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds where God was. I will be like the Most High. Imagine that. That's covetousness because he said, I will be like the Most High. So it's a very bad feeling, really wrong, that it's of the devil. And that is what the devil sows in, to, into human beings. And he sowed it from the very beginning of humankind when he had already been cast out and he saw that Adam and Eve were in Eden and that God already had new guests, new people over and God was blessing them. The wicked one intended to sow covetousness in them and he placed a tree or better yet using a beautiful tree that we do not know what characteristics or traits or features it ha that tree had, but it was a different kind. And it was, its beauty was one that caused people to feel attracted to it. And that's the way the wicked one tr uh, deceived his senses. 
their senses rather. And also, that it made that tree to become something very covet that they could covet and desire. This is useful so that we are careful and that we beware in many situations in life because the wicked one tricks people that way using the, the, the sense what you see. As it states in Corinthians, there is a verse that says, but I'm afraid that your senses, that your senses are ex led astray of God's sincere to, uh, faithfulness because just as there is another verse that states as the vain glory of life or as lewdness, which are the pleasures and the 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 sense the things you see the, what makes us feel attraction to something and turning something that God places on our path something that we covet and in the long run it will plunge us into sin and in this case the sin was with that tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the wicked one told him, you can eat the fruit of the, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat that fruit, then you are going to be like God. Because you're going to be like God. Same, that's covetousness as well. You're going to be like God. When the person has that inside of, of matching some, someone or competing with someone or making someone his rival, when that goes inside, that's covetousness. Rather than admiring what God gave to each person and rather than feeling, than being happy that God blesses each person differently and not ha not having that covetousness of trying to match other people as it happened with them to God with God, knowing good and evil that was their covetousness. But in, but as, 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 along with it was a fruit that was seemingly beautiful, a tree that was to be coveted, as as the Bible states in Genesis chapter number three. Genesis chapter 3. And so we must be very intelligent and, and wise because the Bible already shows us these examples so that in our lives we may already know that the wicked one works this way and that we may always be careful not to let any little spark of covetousness arise in our hearts or something that has to do with our minds or our senses. Those senses may lead us to covet something that may go against God's will and His commandments. And in Genesis 3, verse number 5 states, or 4 rather, it states, Then the serpent said to the woman, the, the, the serpent was the devil, the woman Eve, you will, surely, you will surely not die, for God knows, because she said, we cannot eat this tree of knowledge of good and evil. We can't eat it. We can eat all, everything else, but not that one specifically. And he and the devil said, verse 5, For your God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. When he said like God, it's similar to the uh, to the wicked one. What Just what he desired to be like the Most High, his covetousness. And he told him, you'll be like God. Covetousness. Knowing good and evil. Wanting to have what God had. Verse 6, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, the, the appearance of it, that he was pleasant to the eyes, there it is, their feelings, the, the, the senses rather, the eyes, and a tree desirable, you see, there it is, desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. It, and he ate. Afterward, they had pro trouble because that was when the great, big first disobedience happened from man toward human being toward God and that's when this came into human beings imagine that the first one of the first sins there was we can say is this one covetousness just imagine that so the wicked one knows from very old times how to awaken covetousness in human beings and how to awaken greed let us also read Acts of the Apostles chapter number 8 
another example of covetousness. Why covetousness? Because in this case, we are going to see how a sorcerer back then who worked with the powers given by the wicked by the, the the wicked one calling on evil spirits and doing witchcraft and sorcery regarding which our sister maria luisa taught us not long ago and this man was insatiable he had already gone astray but as soon as he realized that the apostles were laying their hands and that people were receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit. How, how did he know that they received the baptism with the Holy Spirit? Because they spoke in tongues. He filled with covetousness and he attempted to have what the apostles had. That's why we're talking about greed because it is to wanting to have what the other person has. And so he intended to have, he intended to match their level to what they had, even though he was working with the forces of the, de of the demon and the apostles worked with the power of God and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit as today he the Holy Spirit manifests himself in the church since we're baptized with the Holy Spirit we speak in tongues and those gifts are ones that many brothers and sisters in the church have as well as the gift of prophecy back then this sorcerer called Simon he was a man who coveted and he attempted to have what the apostles had, and he offered their money. Uh, where, however it went, he wanted to have that money. That's why we're talking about covetousness. We're not talking about greed, but he wanted to just be in their level. And he wanted to have what they have. And he desired to have what they had, which was the part of imparting the Holy Spirit. And so in Acts chapter number 8, verse number 18 states, or let's read verse 17, actually. Verse number 17, the Bible's talking about Philip, who was in Samaria. And it states in verse number 17, uh, then they laid the hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. How, why, how did they know that? Because they spoke in tongues. When Simon saw, Simon was a, wizard, a sorcerer. Late back before in verse 9 states there was a man whose name was Simon uh, who previously practiced sorcery in the city of and astonished the people of Samaria claiming that he was someone great and then it explains about him what he, who he was and then in verse 18 and when Simon saw that through the laying on of, of the apostles hands the Holy Spirit was given he offered them money saying give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. This was a, a person who was coveting because he wanted to have what the other person had. You must be careful with all this. Things like that, if you think, you start to feel that you want to have what another person has, and you sort of have that thought in you, that's a spirit. So you should reject it and say, no, Satan, you're not going to deceive me with covetousness. I already know what that is, which is wanting what other people have. Go far, go away. Don't come with me because I know this is, this is a sin. Do not come to my life with this because I want, I, I'm happy to see how God has blessed his people. That is called rebuking the wicked one. And if you are by yourself, otherwise, uh, mentally, but in your, in your heart, your, your prayers, you say this to the Lord. Lord, look at what is happening. The wicked one, may the wicked one flee. Cast him out, Lord. I'm not going to follow, fall into that trap of wanting to want what other people have. I'm going to be happy. Verse 18 states, and when, in verse number 20, but Peter said to him, your, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. It doesn't say anywhere that it's covetousness, but it is. The fact itself doesn't say, it doesn't say, but it, but rather 22 says that repent therefore of this, your wickedness. It says wickedness, but it doesn't say which one. Well, it is covetousness. And pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be given, forgiven you. When? Why? Being, co being covet and co covet things and covetousness. 23, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness, bound by iniquity. This is, 
the, you know, bound by iniquity is, refers to the jail, the prisons of the wicked one. And he was, he had this, his covetousness this wanted to have what the apostles have and pay, and pay for it. Almost like bribing them as long as he had that, never looking at the spiritual part of life. Let us also read another example in 2 Samuel. We are going to read 2 Samuel chapter number 15, where the Bible teaches us about grief, about covetousness. 2 Samuel chapter 15. And in this case, it has to do with Absalom, the child, one of the sons of David. What happened? That Absalom, he started to feel covetousness towards his father's position, King David. And he began, in order to get what he wanted, he wanted everyone to look for him and to follow him, because the people of Israel followed David. But he, uh, he was envious of his father, just imagine that. And in order to take his father's position, that's why it's covetousness, because it is against someone else, to take his father's position, he then started to come up with strategies so that people would then start to look for him. And what did he do? Start, I'm sure he started to say, no, my father, my father does not, does not give good advice, or my father, my father does not treat people well, whereas I do. Whoever looks for me, I'm going to kiss him and I'm going to make him feel well because I'm going to give a kiss to everyone and I am going to treat them, treat everyone differently than how my father treats the people of Israel. And he started to demerit, to demean what his father was doing, David. And why this is a great covet from covetousness for him because in verse 4 he said moreover Absalom would say oh that I were made judge in the land and everyone who has any suit or cause would come to me then I would give him justice meaning he wanted to be, he wanted to become a judge and that, to administer justice to everyone and that was his, his thought that is a that's covetousness because he wanted something great that he didn't want to get that and that but that's also great the, the, these are things that he didn't want to do because he wanted to do force that without God having sent him. If God, though, would have appointed him, that, that's different. But if God did, hadn't appointed him, that is covetousness. It's greed, but because, because it is against someone else. And what, what was his strategy? In verse number... Five, And so it was whenever anyone came near to bow down to him that he would put his hand and take him and kiss him. So that's the way he started to do this so that people would start to follow him. That was his that's his covetousness and to make his father look bad. And then in verse number... Verse number two or three, it explains that what he started to say. Then Now Absalom would rise early... Uh, verse 12, you don't have anyone to hear him. So he started to create this in verse 3 to create a bad environment so that its covetousness could be consumed. And we know that all of this was completely, uh, fail it failed. And we're going to read about greed later on. And in this case, we're going to see that it's, it states that whoever get, is rich Made rich, made rich with covetousness, is made poor, or ends up being poor, meaning God will never bless something like that. But the the examples in the are in the Bible. It doesn't say anywhere that it is covetousness, but it is very clear: covetousness and envy, envy and covetousness. So now let us read in Luke 12 about covetousness. 
It is similar. Similar to, uh, so we're going to read about covetousness in this case as well. In the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it has to do with a person who wants to treasure up as well and wants to have the pleasure of treasuring up all the time. And it is a person who is selfish. So it is person who is selfish, someone who does not want to, who only wants to treasure up and does not share anything with anyone as well. And that person, for example, has a really hard time, uh, for example, offering a cup of coffee to someone because they think that he thinks that he will need it later on. And his pleasure also has how saving up everything he can. We're not saying we can't save up. Of course, you must have savings. But as you know, there are examples of people who are really, the really people who do not give in and they're cheap, as they say. And this is really bad. And the Lord does not look on this fondly. So the Bible teaches us here in Luke 12, about a situation that was happening with covetousness and it, the Lord Jesus Christ teaches us all that all of this is covetousness as well. What was happening in Luke chapter 12, verse number 13. And the Bible teaches us that there were, there was a man who was close to the Lord and the Lord was teaching and this man as soon as he could speak to the Lord Jesus Christ the first thing he said was hey Lord can you help me so that my brother divides his inheritance with me that was a question he asked him having the Lord Jesus right there and then to ask him so many things about the gospel, about eternal life, about the, the practical aspects of life to correct himself, to flee from sin. All he had in his heart was money and he only had his mind and heart set on his inheritance and whether he, the, he could impart justice and get it, the part that he that it was for him of his inheritance. That's what the Lord Jesus reproached him because this person was just thinking about treasuring up and saving and getting money and wanting his inheritance. And he didn't want to know anything about the Lord, nor did he want to know anything about eternal life, nor did he want to know anything about the gospel. Perhaps lest this happen to us, that we are seeking God only for the sake of him giving us a job or that we are seeking God only so that the Lord will give us healing or illness uh, or from an illness rather no we all must be tuning in tuning in to these live streams we all must be paying attention to the reflections watching the bible studies desiring to know god wanting to learn the, about the lord to follow in his footsteps to know what sin is to know what obedience is to know what the will of god is loving the Lord, seeking the spiritual gifts, being a good testimony. That's what we ought to do when a person is only thinking about himself and about getting money and, and, and favors from other people and benefits. That is a person who is selfish, who is cheap, who is not generous, who, and, and that's something the Lord really rejects. And verse number 13 states, Luke 12, then one from the crowd said to him, to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said, Man, who made me a judge or an arbiter over you? He said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of the things he possesses. So that's a very beautiful example. Just so that we know what we are looking for in life. And also later on, we are able to see that the Lord gave him an example. And here he was talking about a man with covet, uh, who was 
who coveted, who had so much production and, and, and he had such a big uh, field and then he started to save up and save up and desire and went to a life of pleasure and forgot the Lord. And so this person was then, he spent his whole life harboring that selfishness and greed for money, but never did he was he concerned about eternal life and that's why in verse number 21 he said so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God you may read these verses where it teach it teaches us about treasuring up in heaven also let us read in Proverbs 28 concerning covetousness also and a per because it is uh, uh, it precedes greed because a person who is co who covets is someone who desires riches and it can lead him to try and have uh, unlawful wealth out of outside of the law and inadequate ways because of his covetousness and greed of wanting to get money or getting fame or power or finding someone else's place. It's in Proverbs 28, verse 22 states, A man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. For example, like people who go into business, say, uh, to drug trafficking. People who, because of their own selfishness or greed of getting money and wanting more then these are people that don't have enough and it isn't sufficient to them to have income but but in order to be be happy and to live to be a good testimony it's not enough to them in their what with whatever they live in their neighborhood that they live but rather because they're not content they want they want easy money or however it, it may come because of their own selfishness and because of their greed and because of their selfish ambition and they began to deviate their behavior and to commit crime to steal from others to scam others because these are people who covet or are greedy and want easy money and they want to have things that are too great. All of that ha has to do with selfish ambition and greed. And this is what the Bible says here, that th those riches are things that this person, it, it turns into poverty because then the person ends up living very difficult situations. They are after going after him to, to, to for his life or they or he, he's taken to jail, or his family has to flee because then evil comes upon them, um, their, uh, their loved ones because of his behavior, because of his friends, because of his uh, unlawful business. And so, in this, we should truly be very careful. Also, there are people who sometimes for, leave their house, their marriages and they say, I'm leaving the place I'm here, I'm going to leave my, my wife and... and, and uh, children behind I'm going to another country just so that I can get more resources because what I'm making here it's not enough no what do you mean of course it is what matters is for you to be with your family just quit being greedy because that selfish ambition too of wanting to go to another country and, and abandon your children your wife it, it really is not worth it God will provide for you God will help you God will give you victory and you just be happy with what God gives you and work and be happy always work happily even if you don't make much go to your job and do it happily even if you don't earn much be a very good employee and be and set a good example and certainly God will bless you even more there and the day will come where they'll give you a job uh, they increase your salary but that's that should be the way how we should live and we're going to read in Genesis, chapter number 13, an example of greed where there aren't people, uh, it isn't aimed, well, even though in this place, Abraham was here too, Abraham and Lot were here, and this teaching, our sister Marie Luisa gave this teaching not long ago because the time came when both of them had 
many sheep and they had you know their their livestock was great and the, and the place where they lived was not enough to sustain the, 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 the two of them and so Abraham who was a man who had no greed and no cov and he didn't covet it said to jo to Lot choose the place you want to go and Abraham Abraham as our sister Marilisa taught us that day was not a man with greed or who coveted because he trusted in the promises of God. He didn't have a need. And that is the way to also overcome greed and and and, and, and covetousness because you shouldn't really want what other people have because we all have our, our promises from the Lord. And the promises are fulfilled by the Lord, not ourselves with our own behavior who may that may be greedy or, co or that may covet. The only thing is covet things we will never get because that is what we read in James. That you, you, you covet and you do not have because people are looking for things that are unattainable. Instead, let, let's let God be the one who blesses us and God will know what is, un, what is attainable and what each person will have. And here it teaches us that at a point in time, Lot, Abraham said to Lot, choose, choose the place. And Abraham knew that there was a land that looked very beautiful towards Sodom and Gomorrah that was apparently beautiful, similar to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that it, it seemed beautiful, but it turned out not to be the case. Just so that we all not let illusions get a, get carried away by illusions or things that seem too nice along the way, but in the long run, they're really not that nice or beautiful, but rather ugly, and they'll harm us quite quite a lot. Instead, you should always examine yourself and let us examine ourselves and let us always say, is, is this greed for me? Am I doing things because of, of, of covetousness? Am I thinking about, I'm gonna, am I comparing myself to what another person has? So is that covetousness? No, please, Lord, be careful, protect me. But we already know what it is. So we're going to be careful with this. But that just looks so nice. But it kind of looks, perhaps it's not that beautiful. So it's better to think this way. Perhaps it's not that way. Perhaps it's a trap from the, from the wicked one. I'm going to analyze things thoroughly. So that's very positive. That is what we ought to do. And Lot, right away, because he was greedy, right away he went and decided and looked, chose for the best thing, and it turned out to be the worst thing because that's when punishment and destruction came in Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abram, who trusted in the promise of the Lord, he did have stability and he had received continuous blessings, permanent blessings, because there was no desire and feeling in him of treasuring up of getting the best thing for him of, of that greed and and selfishness no but rather he led lot, lot choose this is in John, genesis 13 verse number 14 and where which states and the lord said to abraham after lot had separated from him lift your eyes now and look no verse verse 10 rather that's where it states and let Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered before the Lord. Verse, verse 11, he chose that, and Abram went to the land of Canaan. So that was the situation, but it is an example of selfish, of greed, and it, the result were, was very negative. Let us also read in 2 Kings chapter number 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, we find an example of greed to money. Of the army of Syria called Naaman, Naaman, and Naaman had leper, and Elisha performed a great deed, a great wonder, and he told him to go into the Jordan River, and he did. He told him to do it several times. The general didn't like it, but ultimately he obeyed, and his skin was like the babe, like the skin of a babe, as the Bible says. And the general who came with a great, very pomp, very pompous, and and 
Elisha was very uh, humble, and gen the general offered him deeds and and uh, gifts, and the Bible says that offered him silver and so on. But the prophet didn't want to accept anything like this because the prophet simply said, "No, uh, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna accept anything." But greed did go into his servant, into his helper, and. With that greed, after the general of the army, Naaman, left, he went after him, looked for him, and said, General, my, my lord, my prophet, just received the visit from some men who are in need. Uh, they need clothes and they need talents of silver and garments. And so the general of the army gave him even more than what this uh, Gehesai asked for. And afterward, he came with those belongings. He came back to look for the prophet. He had already hid them, hidden them. And the prophet said to him, where, where were you? Were you not the one receiving from the hand of the general these things? That's a, a typical case of greed. But more so, it is greed towards money. And that's what came in the heart of Jehesai. And he thought no one would realize. But the prophet of God saw it all and God showed him this in a vision. And in that way, he let him know. In verse number 20, it states in the end, Jehesai said, and the servant, look, my sir, my master spared Naaman, the Syrian, who wanted to give him presents, while not receiving from his hands what he brought. But as the Lord lives, imagine that he even called on the Lord. I will run after him and take something from him. And thereafter, we find how all the situation unfolded. We find in the Bible something called un unprofitable unrighteous mammon, and that is greed. But we find in 1 Timothy also, chapter 3, that those who want to serve God must flee being greedy for money. We find this in 1 Timothy, chapter 3, talking about the bishops and deacons. Those were the things, the, the titles that people who were in charge of administering received. And in verse 3, 1 Timothy 3, 3, the Bible states that the bishop should not be given to wine, not violent, not engage in, in fights, and it says not greedy for money. We could say not, yeah, not greedy, indeed. Because if it is something general, what we call lusting over illicit money or after money or easy money or avoiding taxes, for example, that is unlawful. Drag trafficking, that, that is uh, illicit, uh, illegal. So he said, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. There it is. Again, we see on one hand, greedy for money, what would I just explain? And then no covetous and not not covetous because it is all tied together and then in chapter number eight it states likewise deacons must be reverent not double-tongued not given too much to too much too much wine not greedy for money so no one who wants to serve the lord can follow the the path of greed and greedy for money Lastly, let us read in the Gospel according to John, chapter number 12. John 12, we are going to read chapter 12, verse 4. An example that we had already alluded to at a, a previous time when a woman was, she had perfume 
And with that perfume, that fragrant oil, she was anointing the Lord. And there was one who was opposed, who opposed this, saying, why was this woman anointing the Lord? Because it was very expensive fragrant oil and that was being wasted. So there you see his greedy, his greed and also his envy, the envy he had for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's all like today, like when there are people who say, but why does that church have what they have? Why do these people mention that woman, Maria Luisa, so much? Why is there that kind of idolatry? Why do they idolatry her so much? That's pretty much similar to what's happening here. It's the same thing. Why do they, why are you spending that fragrant oil in that man? It turned out that that man was Lord Jesus Christ. Why is it that you're spending all that fragrant oil? And, and he was the one who was carrying the bag with money. Uh, Judas Iscariot, imagine none other than one who sold the Lord, filled with greed. It was this man. And so, and, and envy. So, and John, John 12 Verse 4 states, But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, said, because in 3 it says, Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the, the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. She knew who she was standing in front of. Just as we know who our sister Mary Louisa is, the way God called her, and the way... God has blessed us through her, that the way God has given her the leadership for to lead this ministry, and that's why we love her and we we appreciate her we're all, with all our heart. So why will people say th these things to us? Those are not good feelings. That's not the way it is. And, and so verse four states what Judas said. One of his disciples said, "Judas Iscariot, Simon's son." None other than the one who would betray him. Betray him. The wicked one was in him. And God, in spite of that, he kept him there, giving him chances. But of course, there was already a plan for it to happen, a plan of God. He said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Imagine that. Imagine his, his, his reason. Apparently, it was something sound, but it was, no, it was evil. It was envious and greedy. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he, not, but because he was a thief. And he had the money box and he used to take what was put in it, meaning he wanted more money in the bag so he could to steal it. Well, brothers and sisters, may God bless us and help us very much that we may also carry on in this path of perfection. And may God continue cleansing us every day towards that perfection we desire. Glory to the name of the Lord. Let us rise and we are going to pray to the Most High and we are going to ask Him for all our special needs and requests and for God to help us overcome this pandemic and for the Lord to help us in every way so that every day we may feel joyful and with a beautiful spiritual life for the Lord. Blessed Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your blessings, for all your love, for all your mercy, for your kindness, for your all your wonders, we beg you, Lord, that you cleanse us and that you make us perfect and that you give us a beautiful spiritual life, a spiritual life rid of greed and covetousness. Oh, God of glory, may our heart have that knowledge so that we may also be endued with the power from on high and may your Holy Spirit come upon our lives and may the Lord Jesus Christ baptize us with the Holy Spirit. May you awaken the spiritual gifts and the desire and the longing to read the Bible, to praise, to seek your presence and to put your word into practice. May you also help us that we, that having spiritual freedom and being delivered by of witchcraft and curses and sorcery spirits of depression of suicide of ruins financial ruin dangers of life of kidnapping and, and slandering and any el any harm the wicked one is plotter is devising against us may you lord give us victory always 
and that you, O God of glory, may also deliver us from any spirits of illness, this virus that is in the midst of humankind, may you preserve us. Also, Lord, may you deliver us from illnesses and may that may want to bring our lives down and take away our strength so that in that way we are not able to administer the spiritual gifts and the power from on high to the many people who need you and open their hearts for you. Oh, God of glory, reward those hearts that are joining us and with so much love and humility and modesty want to follow your path and learn from you. Reward them, Lord, and show them your power in a very evident way, just as you have done to so many people so that they may be confirmed in your path and they may stay in your church and that they may say God exists and he is true and so that they may want to learn of you and that they may want to follow your, the path of eternal life, ridding themselves of any financial interest only moved by the love of God. May it be so, Lord. May you grant the best of your blessings to, your sister Maria, to our sister Maria Luisa. May you protect her. May you look after her may you always give her all the victory and fullness happiness and all to all your people lord as well throughout the world we bless you and we worship you lord may this pandemic flee and and cease to be may there be a, a way out soon in the midst of humankind and may it all happen according to your plan and will and that ultimately lord may it be for our profitable to us for if you have allowed this it is because you will give us the medicine because you are the one who, the medicine that is you, so that we can overcome this experience that humankind, and we may learn from this and give ourselves more to you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Let us sing, brothers and sisters, chorus number 170, titled, Only God Can Bring Joy to Our Lives. How great is our God, is our Lord. Honor and glory to the Most High. Blessed is our Lord. A big hug to you all. May God bless you. May God grant you the best. Glory to the name of the Lord. So long.